Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you and your family had a fun Christmas and New Year and that you enjoyed diving into the podcast vault with me over the past month for the Live Immediately podcast summer series. But we're back again this year and this is where I'll be having conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We'll be diving into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears and self-limiting beliefs that hold so many of us back. And I have a great one for you to kick off 2018. Now, massive decisions like selling the family home, packing up the kids, and embarking on a beautiful family adventure to live, travel, and explore a different continent don't happen overnight. Heck, they don't even happen in a matter of weeks or months either. For my guest today, a Live Immediately podcast alumni, Ben McCallery, His vision, wishes, dreams, and idea of this family adventure have been a topic of conversation with his wife, Brooke, for over five years. And I am beyond happy for the McCallery family that they are literally days away from boarding the plane. I loved this chat with Ben as we discussed some deep topics about preparing for a trip with so many unknowns cutting the logistical and emotional ties by selling the family home instead of renting it out, bringing your kids into the decision process, the hard work involved to make things happen, and the joy and anticipation of discovering a new daily rhythm. Ben talks about how his motto at the beginning of 2017 was to take more risks, how he was generally risk-adverse, but once he started taking risks, he felt the intoxication of them and learnt to embrace being risky. And this family adventure, with no end date, is one of the biggest risks that he has ever taken. But Ben isn't calling it a trip or an adventure. He calls it an experiment. That it's not about getting things right all the time, but trying and seeing what happens and unfolds. A beautiful way to truly live life, and one that I am sure will shape his kids. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Ben McCallery. Hey Ben, how are you? Good mate, how are you? I'm pretty good, pretty good indeed. So what date do you guys fly out? We fly out on the 29th. Of January. Yeah. Wow. We wow. Are, we're pretty close. <laughs> that is so close, so close. I don't, I don't want to talk anymore because we'll get, we'll get crack, cracking. But yeah, I, yeah. Oh, mate, I am so excited for you, hey. Oh, I'm equal parts just over the moon excited and then that sort of, I don't know, I, I liken it to butterflies in my stomach of the unknown. It's sort of weird. It's really, really weird, but... Yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, you—you you of anyone would would know how we're feeling. Oh, um, mo- most definitely, most definitely. Well, let's let's just—we're rolling now, so we'll just keep okay. we'll keep going. Um, cool. For everyone who hasn't gotten on, this is Ben. How how are you, Ben? Good, mate. I'm very, very well. <laughs> that's that's great. And we we were 
chatting then about your huge family adventure. So just to kind of give everyone a, a, a bit of a backstory, you know, this is the second time that I've, I've had you on the Live Immediately podcast because I think it was way back. I, I looked back through the through the list, so way back in episode four that we had wow. had you on. And, and from memory, uh, you were in Canada maybe a little bit hungover when we were chatting and I was in the north woods of Wisconsin um, having that chat and now you're about to head back to Canada except this time it isn't for a little ski trip, it's for a, uh, a massive family adventure. Absolutely, too right. It's, uh, this one feels very, very real, Mike, I've got to say, and a lot different to the last one. Yeah, you're right. Last time we were chatting, I was, uh, you know, we were, we were having a, a really awesome time, you know, skiing and snowboarding in the Rocky Mountains in Canada, our, our favorite place, our being Brooke, my wife, and my kid's favorite place in the world. And I cannot wait to get back there, cannot wait. And so, you know, you, you were touching on before about excitement and, and kind of butterflies. You know, what are, the, what are the things that are giving you butterflies? Well, that's it. It's, it's the unknown. It's, it's shifting completely out of your comfort, comfort zone. And I've had it once before in, in sort of a very similar circumstance. When Brooke and I finished uni way back in 2003, 2002 almost, um, we then took a, a gap year straight after uni and went overseas. And this was my first overseas experience. And we were spending a year away. Again, we went to Canada and so our, our love affair with, with that country. But we went for a year, went to North America, then we went into Europe and Asia, like a lot of people do. And I remember sitting on the plane and, you know, having all these wonderful well wishes of saying, you know, you guys are going to have an absolute cracking time, enjoy it for everything it's worth. And I remember having this, it's almost like this gut-wrenching sort of butterfly feeling in my stomach of, I don't know what's going to happen when I get off this plane. I don't know where I'm sleeping. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what sort of job I'll have. It was just the biggest experiment experiment of my life and the way that brooke and i seeing the next 12 months is this is experiment 2.0 wow except this time you've got kids that are like hey dad where are we sleeping again absolutely more <laughs> responsibility <laughs> uh, need to look after not only ourselves but but other ones as well and and yeah there's an added there's an added element there for sure of you know, it's not just about you guys. It's 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 about the whole family, and you know, in in some ways, this trip will shape them in mm. a, long, a long. And I've got to stop calling it a trip. I'm mm. calling it an experiment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it it is true, but the thing I love about it, though, like. <sighs> You know, we, we get these butterflies when we're doing these big crazy things because, you know, as you mentioned, there are so many unknowns. Mm. But in our day-to-day -day life, there are so many unknowns as well. They just seem to be the same unknowns. Yeah. And, and look, an unknown's an unknown. And, you know, we're just scaling that right up next year. Um, and, you know, I've had a lot of – beginning of this year, I had a motto, and that was – 
I need to take more risks, more risks uh, professionally in my work career, but also, you know, in general, take these really calculated risks because I felt like, you know, my, my adult life, the last sort of 20 or so years, it's just been one after the other of up going through the career progression, you know, just just doing the normal, uh, doing what was you know, expected of me in some ways. And it's what I thought I wanted as well. But um, think since discovering, you know, there's there's so many more opportunities out there and taking on that motto of let's take more risks in our life, you know, it's that level of comfort that you just sort of, you get used to not feeling and it's really intoxicating. <laughs> Yeah. So, so th this family adventure is obviously um, the big risk that, that tops all the other risks off. But, you know, speaking of risks, are there, are there other risks that you've kind of done through the past 12 months since that's, that was, was your motto that, that you embarked on? Yeah, a lot actually. And they probably started a little bit before, uh, you know, this year, but it's, it was everything from going freelance. So, you know, it's establishing our own business, establishing our own, you know, uh, Jackrabbit FM, the, the the media company that we established that ultimately didn't work. And, you know, we, we took the great, you know, uh, saying from, from Mythbusters is, you know, failure is always an option. And we learned so many lessons this year about um, ourselves, about the way that we would like to, to run a company in the future. And, you know, it was a huge risk to do that. And, you know, we came out at the other end while that didn't succeed as, as well as we sort of would have hoped or dreamt. We have still, you know, oh, got so much, you know, uh, you know, lessons and information that we can use going forward. And in many ways, it's sort of shaping next year and what we want to do next year with with our with our professional work as well. And what what's the the hardest thing at the beginning when you're taking on a new risk? I think it's it, it all comes down to how much do you want it? So, you know, when you think about something that you want to do and, you know, everything that we do is going to be a risk. It's how much are you going to put in to be able to ultimately succeed in that. So that's, I think, the hardest thing is how do you get the motivation to, uh, and I'm specifically talking about, you know, you know, whether it's, you know, selling a house and going overseas for 12 months or starting up a business or, or doing something else. That requires a lot of time, energy and thought. And it's how much you really, really want it that I think is ultimately the, the scariest thing. And you spoke earlier about unknowns and you guys are really embracing the unknown with this trip, mm. as you mentioned. Is that something that you have always done or is it something that you've had to learn to embrace? Hasn't come naturally to me at all. As I said before, you know, I spent the last 20 to 15 years on this very, very safe career path and, you know, buying a house and doing all the all the things that, you know, I, I wanted at the time. And I'm not going to suggest at any time that I didn't. But I felt like, you know, I was just on this this track and 
Brooke, on the other hand, um, is completely different to that. She's always wanted to push the envelope and do something different. I mean, the, her her career so far is testament to that. I mean, she's had so many different jobs and in different careers and has wanted to, you know, explore different ways of doing things and is always embracing the new. For me, it's never come that naturally. But we work so well together because we've got that balance. Mm. We've got that balance of, you know, risk versus my, you know, tendency to, to you know, be – and I guess it – Mike, I guess it comes down to also, uh, you know, the my, my career has always been, you know, major breadwinner and all that sort of stuff. So it sort of gets ingrained into you. But this year I have loved – absolutely loved taking on more risks and the more you take on it's like addictive <laughs> <laughs> oh, i can't wait to see what unfolds but you, you you mentioned before that you know straight after uni uh, yourself and brooke went to canada so canada is obviously quite a special place uh, for you both and I, I also know personally that an extended family adventure like this has been on your wish list for a number of years. And I'm sure over those years, you guys have spoken about it and, and dreamt about a trip like this. But mm. what, was there a moment when you and Brooke, you know, said to each other, okay, you know, we've got to really try and see if we can make this adventure happen? I think there was a, a bit to that, but I, I would also say that because we've been wanting it for so long, like, and I'm talking like years and years and years, like five years, even more, that we'd always had this thought of doing this, and it always seemed out of out of reach. And, well, why did it seem out of reach? Well, it, it, it just seemed like we would never get there. We'd had so much to do before that like the kids need to to uh you know grow up a little bit more um i would need to be in a position where we can financially do that um brooke would need to be you know professionally in a position that we would want to do that so it's just taken us you know five years of of having this goal and working towards this goal because we mike we used to get, always get well used to we still get people saying well everything's just aligned for you guys mm. and i always push back and say absolutely not we've worked mm. many many years to make this happen so everything from you know going through the career that i've had to branching out and, and and you know working on our own at our own company and doing the freelance thing to then clients getting comfortable enough with you know me not being accessible 24 7 through to you know and the list goes on and on mm. and on and yeah so I, I i guess that it's been there wasn't that st you know moment in time yeah. i mean there all there always is the moment in time and it, and it probably is when you press enter or return on the on the computer once you buy your plane tickets but <laughs> <laughs> but I, I felt like it's just been this this thing that everything had needed to align for it mm. to happen. And it's been yeah. yeah, it's so true though. Like there's there's so much 
There's so many times you've got to put on that spacesuit and go in the rocket mm-hmm. to actually move all the moons so they all align together. Um, you know, and I think that's a lot of the the work that people don't see because a, a trip like this doesn't just happen overnight. There is there is so much work, but you know, you're about to board the plane like literally in in a matter of days looking back at the past five years those five years that you've really wanted it what do you think are some of the the key things that have put you in to to this position right now and i know that you kind of touched on them i guess the 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 reason for this question is like so many people want to go on a on a trip Mm -hmm. trip like this and they just really don't know where to start Mm-hmm. So what what do you, what do you think? You know, obviously going freelance was something, but what are those things that you, that those kind of big alignments that you made that you feel you know they're the things. Looking back, there here are here are some key things that actually en- enabled this to happen. Yeah, there's a lot of shedding of excess uh, baggage around expectations of doing things, and in a way. And, and you'd have a, a great thought on this. It's a very countercultural thing to do is just pick up and, and move somewhere else and leave the comfort of family, friends, support networks, you know, all that sort of thing. So first of all, I think it was a mindset shift. Well, it certainly was for me because, as I said before, just not naturally a risk taker. So there was this mindset shift of what do I really want? What's What's my... What's my purpose? What's my what's my direction moving forward? And that once you get into that headspace, then what we did was write it down and saying this is what we want to do, but also work backwards from getting on that plane. You know, what are the things we need to put in train to be able to get ourselves on that plane and overseas for a year? So, yeah, things like working for ourselves was definitely the biggest if you know major one there was also things like the kids need to be you know a little bit older so there was time involved there was things like what do we what do we do with the house which came very late to the party I've got to say (laughs) (laughs) and you know there's there's just a there was a number of huge sort of milestones along the way but um and, and, yeah. when, and when you talk about those milestones or those, those things that you you had to consider because like, there are so many things that you you've got to consider with a trip like this and I, and I'm I'm not saying that you need answers to mm. everything because I believe if you you waited for the answers to everything then you you just never leave but looking back at at the organization of this family adventure what were some of the things that you thought would be super hard to kind of organize or get your head around but they just weren't and what were some of the things that you thought would be quite easy that turned out to be mm-hmm. a little bit stressful or difficult that's a really really good question really good question i think one of the one of the reasons why we're doing this trip is uh, we want to go and meet face to face with with the audience of our podcast, the Slow Home Podcast, and do a bit of a podcast tour around North America. And so, logistically thinking about how that would work, just my brain exploded about what the process would be, you know, what we would have to do. But I was seriously amazed at how many people 
approached us. Once we put that out in the universe of saying, this is what we want to do. We want to do this. We want to go and record live podcasts. We want to do book tours and all the rest of it. The generosity of of people just astounded me to the point where people were offering their homes for us to come and stay in to the point where people were saying, let me organize this venue. I mean, case in point, you, when you organize a venue up at Newcastle to do a book tour, this has happened at a scale that is seriously um, equal parts Mm. amazed me, but I've just been just overwhelmed at sort of the generosity of people. So, and that has made it really super easy to do just, just, just tapping into that, that network network of people has been wonderful. It's, it's, I I guess too, like having that network of people there um, and that generosity, there would be a little bit of um, easiness now into that unknown. Do you know what you're like? Oh, like, yeah. not that you've met these people face to face, but you're like, wow, at least there's going to be some open arms there for us. Well, there's this community of like-minded people and it's, and it's borderless and, and that's been absolutely right. So that, you know, when we're talking about support networks and all the rest of it, we, you know, this community is, is as supportive as it gets. It really is. On the flip side though, thinking about things that are, that are, that I thought would be easy is things like, you know, like a car, getting a car, that can't be too hard. But the complexities involved <laughs> in getting insurance, in, in not being able to purchase a car as a foreigner, like it's just been unbelievably frustrating, like to the point where I'm pulling my hair out. And we still haven't sort of completely nailed that, but we are getting closer. But, you know, just a simple, like you would think it's a pretty simple thing to do, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's really annoying. Yeah, it's funny when we, we actually bought a car in America as well. And the getting the insurance oh. for that was ridiculous. And then trying to sell this thing on like Craigslist or wherever I sold it. And I just felt at every step, mm. I was like just losing in, in, in everything. But it was just one of those things that you, you had to do. And, you know, Black Rose, as she was named, she got us, she got us everywhere. And we still talk about that beautiful car. But, Very uh, good. Yeah. Very but good. it's, it's, um, yeah, it's so true. Buying a car does, does completely suck. Um, but you know, this family adventure, we, we speak about yourself and Brooke, but you've got two beautiful kids, um, going on this as well. What was the look on their face when you sat <laughs> them down and told them that the family was moving to Canada? Yeah, it was a bit like uh, – I I remember it quite well because we sort of – we positioned it quite quite interestingly, saying this is an adventure. This is this is an adventure that we want to go on. And where's your favourite place? Because we already knew. So we put it in. We put it to them as saying, where would you like to go for a year? You know, what's your favourite place in the world? And and Toby said Tokyo. So that <laughs> <laughs> that completely threw us. Uh, but fortunately. Um, you know that it came around saying Canada, and and we said absolutely, let's let's do that. They initially like fantastic, you know, and that was probably twelve months ago. As we've gotten closer and we've finished up school, and they're saying goodbye to friends for the last time, it the reality of it has hit home, and you know it, it we've gone through quite a lot of emotions around that, and so that that isn't easy, but we we just say to them we can still get in contact with people 
through things like Skype and email and all the rest of it. You're not losing these friends. It's not as if you'll ever not never see them again. And so there's been a lot of, you know, management around that of of saying, you know, while while you might feel sad, and it's okay to feel sad. I'm going to feel sad. I'm going to miss, you know, my brothers and sisters and mum and dad and all the rest of it. Uh, it's important to do that. And but just acknowledge that and just say it's not, you know, we'll, we'll see these people again when we're back. Yeah. And and you you spoke about schooling there. What are, what are you guys doing on the schooling front? Yeah. So we've enrolled uh, them in distance education. So we had the options of uh, homeschooling, which is uh, which was definitely an option we thought about for quite some time. But we would have to build our own curriculum around homeschooling and there was quite a lot of pre-work to do. We are, Brooke and I are both working while we're over there. You know, this is this is not a, a 12-month holiday. We are we are working. So we we would we just needed that support and structure that distance education provides. And so we we enrolled them in, in distance educate long distance education. So they're still part of the school system in Australia, and we recently actually got the the packs for it, and it's unbelievable what 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 um, what's involved. There's a lot. There's not a lot of hard copy stuff. You know, they send out quite a lot of books and um, you know really detailed instructions. So I said to the kids, "I'm not your teacher next year. You have a teacher, and they've met with their teachers. I'm just a facilitator." So it kind of you know put, separates that because mm. there'll be occasions where. They'll both be saying, I don't want to do this. You know, we're on the road. I don't want to th- even think about, you know, school when, when we've been traveling for four, six hours. But, you know, the, the, it's great that they have that teacher still here that's saying, well, you know, you need to do this and we're just here to facilitate it. Oh, definitely. You don't want them hating on their dad and also hating on their teacher and you're the same person. That's just not a fun <laughs> trip at all. Exactly. <laughs> but, but, but like with that, do they, do they kind of bring in your, your trip? Like if they're doing certain projects and maybe you don't know the answers to this question yet, but like, are they like, instead of doing a project on something in Australia or what kids might do in a, in a classroom, are they like, Hey, draw something that's happening or write about a project that's happening where you are do they kind of combine the two or is this or is the the structure of the of the the course quite you know this is how it is for a a person of this particular age yeah it's yes and no so there is quite a, a strict sort of thing that you've got to follow and you've got to upload it every two weeks so you know you've got to see and upload it is like we take a photo with our phone and it gets uploaded to the cloud and so that's absolutely fantastic but there's there'll be also those occasions where you know and it's uh, i guess it's geared around this is thinking about where you are in the in the world now what are some of the things that uh, you can see outside your window and then create a story around mm-hmm. that. So I think that's that's just fantastic, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and and they get to connect with their 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 peers. So they have a class, and they can jump on Skype and 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 connect with them. And so you're going to have all these different and varied experiences all all coming together, which I'm really looking forward to to seeing. Yeah. And um, you mentioned before about selling 
the house, which, mm. which in a way, it makes me wonder whether you guys have potentially bought the one-way ticket because mm. you, you've kind of put all your chips in the middle and you're going all in. But, mm. but selling the family home in Australia is like, that's a massive decision. Like, how, how did that come about? Oh, it, it, it took forever, I've got to say. It really, we battled with it quite significantly around do we, don't we. And so there's a lot of factors involved. So one of my good friends framed it up perfectly. He said, uh, well, it's almost like you guys had now have the license to really experiment. You have the license to do it 100% because it would always feel if we were, you know, renting the house, you know, we, we'd have ties back here. And while we've got family and everything else, there would be this logistical tie back here of, you know, you know, the hot water's gone and we need to fi- organise to fix that. And it will be liaising with real estate agents, you know, and it was just one, one additional thing that I think would, you know, potentially bring us back here. You know, what if the renters left after six months and we couldn't get anyone, then, you know, I'd be forced to come back and all the rest of it. So it was these, I guess, the, the cufflinks almost, you know, you know, holding mm. us back. And, yeah, we, we came to the realisation we were just out on a, a bushwalk and after having a real estate agent come over and, and sort of say, you know, this is what you need to do to, to be able to rent the place out and all the rest of it. And we're just pulling our hair, hair out. And Brooke said to me, she said, why, why have we taken this long to do this? You know, why are we... Why are we battling with this decision? And it was just a fair, you know, fair question to ask. And we were both stumped at, at what it was. And in the end, I think we both came to the realisation that we, we just didn't, when we came back to Australia, if we came back to Australia, we didn't want to live where we were, I think was one of the big things. And... We just didn't want that baggage. And so in the end, once we made that decision and we made it on that bushwalk, by the time we got home, I was calling the real estate agent saying, come back and value it for uh, wow. selling. Uh, we, and, and that's typical of us, I've got to say, is once we make a decision, we completely own it mm. and, and, we, and we never sort of change our minds. So... Yeah. It's it's you know you talk about you know letting go of that baggage you know that you know that that's been such a I guess a big link with a lot of things that you've done over the years and I don't mean that you're carrying all this baggage around but just mm. that that stuff that weighs us down whether it is those physical possessions or or a job that we're not super mm. loving and it's kind of great because you guys you do seem comfortable in letting those those things go and again like as has that been something that you've you've grown into or is that just really because you know you and Brooke you know you, you do kind of talk quite deeply about things which you know mm. most people in relationships do but but I know that you know you you write about your goals and you write about your visions and you you dis- really discuss what you want out of life, which a lot of people in relations don't do. Like, mm. do you think that's all part of it, or? Yeah, I do. 
I do. Yeah, and you were tapped into something really, really interesting there is that the home, the house, I won't call it a home, but the house is like this ultimate possession, this ultimate thing that people invest so much money in. And, 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 and in the end, it's just it's just stuff. It's just material. So I and, you know, it hasn't come easy for me, particularly. Uh, and I've, I've spoken about it quite at length of how I'm not a natural Excuse me. I'm not naturally, you know, that way inclined, but I I have like, you know, like taking risks. It becomes this addictive thing of of shedding shedding stuff and getting rid of material and possessions and all the rest of it. And this is that the house is the absolute extension of that to the biggest level. Mm. And we we made it and it's a huge risk a huge calculated risk that we've taken uh but we absolutely own it and and from talking to family and friends eh, they come to the realization that while what they couldn't do it they completely understand yeah. why we're doing it because <laughs> it's, it's it's interesting like when we were going on on our trip and and figuring out you know, is this the thing that we want to do? And I've spoken about it many times before where mm. I just asked myself the question, what's the worst that could happen? And mm. and on the left-hand side, wrote down all of the worst things that potentially could happen. And then on the right-hand side, wrote down, um, if that did happen, what would I do? The answers to a lot of them were, well, we could always just come back home. Mm. Um, in a, In a sense, for me, having the the family home that kind of was like my safety net mm. um where where for you guys you've kind of gone well hold on no we don't want that mad magnetic force kind of pulling us back our safety mm. net is the is the freedom to propel into whatever we want to do absolutely and i think ultimately if we do come back our safety net isn't tied to bricks and mortar our safety net is our family and friends so that 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 to us is everything and so that that is that made and informed the decision quite a lot is saying why why are we putting this safety net into this thing this possession this you know it's really the people it's really the people and and you've spoken there about the if we come back a, a few times and, and you know i've i've sp- Freudian slip <laughs> i've spoken to to you and brooke um when you know we had the pleasure of seeing each other in person when you came to newcastle um and and you know i i know that there is no how long is a piece of string kind of thing like you you haven't planned this thing out where you're you're coming back in a year's time or six months time or five years time there is you're just kind of beautifully allowing possibilities to to unfold in front of you and you'll take them as they come but is there is is there a a belief of hey you know what if things worked out and it was all possible and we were having fun we we would stay in canada for five years or or longer is is that the the vibe inside yeah definitely a possibility definitely a possibility and we're keeping all those options open because again we're viewing it as an experiment and sometimes experiments you know come to an end and sometimes they keep going and often they keep going until you know forever Mm. so that's the way we're we're treating it we're also wanting not wanting to put an end to things and definitely if we we rented the house out we would have had an end to it but 
we we have said to ourselves, if we say, yeah, 12 months, right, 12 months, let's buy the return ticket home, we would feel that if we came home before that, it would be a failure. Mm. It would be, we would, would be perceived, and this is probably a pride thing on our part, but then every, everyone else is like, well, we didn't expect you for another six months. Mm. So it's very much we're just leaving it open because of the great unknown, because we don't know how long we've, we're going to go for. And the beautiful thing is, let's say you come home in six months, then you have the experiment of finding a new place in Australia to live. Like it's this, absolutely, you know, one experiment or one adventure just other. leads to yeah. another. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's so great. Like I remember when, when we went and we, we only had one house sit locked in. So, you know, literally similar to you, we didn't know where our family was going to sleep after like four months. <laughs> and, and we could have not gone on the trip and said to ourselves, hey, you know, this trip isn't going to work. We, we've, we've only been able to lock four months of this year adventure in. Um, and everyone probably would have gone, oh, that's fair, fair enough. But we went on it and Inga and I just said to each other, You're like, you know, what? if we have to come back after four months because we can't figure other things out, it's still going to be such an amazing four-month little adventure. And, yeah, like, and that's, that's the great thing. Like even if, you know, like it's no matter how long it is, and I think you'll find this too when when you jump on that plane and you're having all of that fun time in Canada. Mm. All of this work that you've done to actually just get on the plane, that's that's like fifty percent of the growth right there. Yeah, absolutely you right. Know? Yeah, um, absolutely. It, but um, talking about so obviously you've got this little bit of a a book tour and, and some podcast, um, mm -hmm. live podcasts that you, you're going to be doing. Are you, are you planning on kind of basing yourself down for an extended period, like, you know, whether it's a, a month or, or, or a few after the trip, or are you hoping yeah. just to kind of migrate like gypsies? Yeah, it, it it's sort of this counter thing where we always, whenever we travel, we travel slowly, and that means – you know, lodging ourselves somewhere and for a period of time, not moving that much, but then just experiencing the community around that. So stay in one place for weeks and months. So it's we've got these forces pulling each other, you know, away, saying we've got to move because we've got to go and experience other things, but we want to stay here and really because we love it and we want to experience everything it has to offer and see the seasons change and all the rest mm -hmm. of it. So we... It's sort of an each-way bet. We're, we're, you know, every month, particularly in the first six months, we'll be, we'll be stationed somewhere differently. But then the, the tour itself, which is you know July August, uh, that we will be constantly on the move, and we've been thinking about how that looks for the kids, mm -hmm. and because we had a great experiment earlier in the year doing that in in New South Wales, traveling around, quite a lot, and. The kids, we got to the stage where, you know, we, we, I mean, you saw it, we, we hired this RV and we were traveling around and got the bed in the back and kids are in the back and we, you know, we averaged about five to six hours a day of travel and we were like literally two hours away from home, so coming back home. And, and Toby said, my son said, Dad, are we there yet? 
<laughs> are we ever going to get there? And and Brooke and I looked at one another and we're just laughing. We're just like, oh, we, you know, we need to take this in considerate to consideration. You know, they they like us crave that getting somewhere and, mm. and staying somewhere. You know, it, it can't be, you know, always on the go. So that that's going to be really really interesting. Mm. Yeah, and 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 how you, I guess, bring them into into that trip. Do you know what I mean? That it's it's not just um, where we're in a car or a van transporting mummy to her her next talking thing. That it, it it is this beautiful like family travel that you just seem to stop at these random places and everyone's happy to see you guys. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, but I want to kind of bring it back um, to our first chat a little bit mm. here um, because something that you spoke about in that in our first chat many many moons ago was about this alignment of health happiness and heart mm. your three h's and and i've mm. told you many times before that i think there's a book in you about mm-hmm. this um, but i think about those things a lot and and when i think about this family adventure of yours like it makes me like so happy for you because I feel that not that this adventure has enabled the alignment of those three things. I think that you've worked on them so hard. Um, but I really feel that this adventure is like the that flag on top of the mountain of mm. of that alignment of 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 your um of your three H's. And mm. I was just wondering, like I I'm honestly so so stoked for you for this but i was wondering if you could just explain again um the alignment of your three h's because i i as i said i i think about it so often yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah they're the, they're sort of my overall sort of uh alignment of how i like to live my life and brooke talks about sort of writing her eulogy and while I haven't got to that level yet because I feel like I haven't crystallized my my thoughts enough and my my wants and my dreams about how I want to live my life, these three elements will, will definitely form part of it. So health, health is everything uh, from sort of mental health to physical health to the health of my family and the health of the planet. So it all comes down to, you know, are, the, are my loved ones healthy? And it's really important for me that they are healthy and safe. So that's that element to it. And, you know, Brooke has spoken quite extensively about her sort of battles with with, uh, depression and mental health, and I've had it in my family. So I always try and do things that encourage really good, healthy behaviours. Then uh, happiness so who doesn't want to be happy? And for me, the happiness aspect, I guess, came to fore once we'd explored working for ourselves. I wasn't happy doing what I wanted to do. I thought I was. I really did. I thought I was on this sort of career path that would make me happy, you know, reach this end goal of being in, you know, high up somewhere in an organisation. I thought I'd be happy then. But more I thought about it, it's not really what I what I wanted to do. So, yeah, that that happiness aspect was, you know, following my passions. What did I really want to do? And that's like connecting with people, helping people, 
you know, being this, providing this service of, of essentially helping people because that's, that's what makes me happy. It really does. And so yeah, there's been a lot of things that have happened throughout the year that have touched on that, that element of, of happiness. And you're right, this, this experiment that we're going on next year uh, is, is sort of the definition of that, that happiness. And, and heart, um, I just touched on the word passion. And, yeah, that's what it's all about is, is finding the passion, finding the thing that elevates your heart rate and makes you want to go and explore different things. So there's this quote that I always think about with heart is that, you know, the wondrous um, gifts of nature are worthy of our diligent search and inquiry. And that for me is like, that's my heart. That's what I want to go and explore. And I want to explore it with the people I love. And that's my my family. Yeah, I I love it, Ben. I really do. And it's, um, you know, I... I, I sometimes wonder whenever there are, when things just don't feel right within myself, I always go, well, hold on, where's your health, happiness and heart, Mike? Which one of them is is uh, a little bit low or which one do you kind of need to lean into a little bit mm-hmm. more? Um, but one final question here for you, Ben, and mm-hmm. it's similar to the, well, not similar, it's exactly the same as the final question I asked you last time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's if you could please describe your perfect day. Oh, my perfect day. Well, my perfect day revolves around, at the moment, is, is getting up and opening some blinds out to a winter wonderland where there's been fresh snow and my family are all healthy and happy and we grab our skis and snowboards and head out to our favorite mountain which is sunshine village in uh, in in banff and have a wonderful day uh laughing and and uh, playing in the snow and then coming back and and sharing a meal with with them around that's been cooked and you know uh slow cooked you know and 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 just it's healthy and we're all around sharing that and and sharing our our um our experiences of the day that that would be my my dream day and and you know what i'm going to do it you i think you're going to be doing many of them and 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 to be honest my family would be happily would be happy to intrude on that day because <laughs> we, we'd, but spe- speaking of like you know skiing i know, I know that you mm. are similar to us a, a family of of snow lovers which is sometimes mm. challenging when you live in australia but <laughs> you know are you guys going to be Bunking down around the snow, giving yourself um, many days on the slopes. Yeah, well, that's the that's that's the idea. We we want to we want to. Brooke always says, well, she's been saying for the last twelve months is when we go when we do this. I don't want to just take our our what we're doing now and and over the and just living it over there. We want to try and do things differently, and hence this is why we're, we're viewing it as an experiment. So that's everything from the way we like to work to the way we like to structure our leisure time, we're going to like sort of break it down and really dismantle it and, and you know, see what works and see what doesn't work because I think that gives us a, oh, it's the perfect opportunity to do that. So one of the things that I really want to do is, <clears throat> one of the things that I really want to do is go over and go out really early and, and 
attack the the snow if there, if it's been fall, falling and and have a, a couple of hours and then come back and do schoolwork and then do some you know some of my work and then go out in the afternoon and go for a walk and all the rest of it so we are absolutely going to to be to be doing that and doing it a lot yeah, yeah one thing that really worked for us and, and not saying that it will definitely work for your family but mm. um Inga and I got up quite early and mm-hmm. since Inga was the work that she was doing was still kind of based back here in Australia, it, that worked for the time frame. So we'd be up at, say, five, you know, working until, say, eight in the morning. Mm. Then we'd go and have our daytime in America. And then when Andy was asleep, um, Australia was just starting to wake up again mm. and, and kind of get back and, and doing the work there. And, and what we found is the things that we, we gave up were – sleeping in and tv at night um but Mm. it but it allowed us to kind of have that daytime as a as a family and it didn't work like that every day there were some days where you know we had to you know especially inga had to do more work during the day she had a big job on but that was to kind of you know so it wasn't it wasn't just kind of taking, you know, and I hundred percent agree with Brooke, you know, what we're doing here into, into a new location. But, mm. um, but I guess again, that's part of the fun of the adventure. It's not just about seeing all of these beautiful new sites. It's about figuring out, you know, and I'll use a word that, that Brooke uses so beautifully, figuring out that new rhythm mm. that's going to work for your family. And that's all, all part of the fun. Yeah, exactly. When you were talking about that and giving your examples, that brought a smile to my face Mm. because it's that discovery. I mean, Mm. it might sound boring. It's like, well, how do you structure your day? But I love that. I love discovering those new rhythms, Mm. you know, and and working into things that you thought wouldn't work, but they actually do work. Mm. So that's, that's, um, yeah, that's really encouraging. I also got to say, mate, your, your, experience uh, of traveling has really informed our as well i mean what we've had discussions on it but you know just talking to you and 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 asking you questions about what worked and what didn't um has really really helped us in our preparation so i just want to say thank you for that oh you're more than welcome and, and thank you ben for for coming on again you know it's always so great talking to you and and as i said before i'm so happy for for you and brooke and the courage that you've you've taken you know that you've embarked on for this such a wonderful family adventure but if people want to reach out to you learn a little bit more about you or or simply join Inga and I in a a daily dose of jealousy um (laughs) as we watch your adventure unfold what's the uh what's the best way for them to do that because you know I don't know whether you're the right person to ask this because you're you're not really on socials are you I'm not on socials, but I, I am part of uh, the slowyourhome.com uh, family. And, and what that means is on on our website, we'll, we'll update through um, more blogs. So there'll be a lot of more writing that we do. We'll obviously have our, our podcast, which comes out weekly. Uh, and we've got an active Facebook community as well. So while I'm not I'm not the driver by any means, uh, I, I am on there. And um, Brooke and I, we do talk as well <laughs> <laughs> quite deeply from what i from what i can understand well I, I will make sure that all of those links are in the show notes at liveimmediately.com but speaking of the the blogs just an idea i had here um mm. you know and whether your ki- kids would want to do this but actually it'd be really interesting for maybe other kids to get inside the heads of your kids of what it is like 
being on the road and, and what it is like, you know, maybe being away from f- family and friends or seeing these new places and meeting those new peoples from kind of their their point of view um, that could help other families that are looking at going on this to, to get their kids to kind of go, hey, here's what some other kids did. Because, um, you know, like, like you, you – and and us, we listen to podcasts or we read blogs. Mm. How did those people do it or what did they do there to kind of get into that space? And sometimes we then just get the kids and go, all right, we've made the decision, come along. Um, mm. But yeah, anyway, just a thought there. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. And that's something that, that Brooke and I have, have discussed as well. So we're, we don't know what that looks like, but I, for one, want to do more visual stuff because we're going to be in some beautiful areas and i want to try and document that as much as possible just for the kids as well so yeah i I want to try and do a lot more visual um things and um, i'm not going to go into any more about what that looks like because i haven't quite worked it out but definitely want to do do something different while we're over there yeah oh beautiful mate i am so excited for you and i just know it's going to be a, a super fun experiment but um is there anything else you want to say ben before we we head off or there's one thing that I want to ask you, mate, mm-hmm. and I just want you. So we're like we're days away from from leaving, really, and I just want you to go back to where you were at that time. You know, you were days away from leaving. Is there any advice that you can give me that will will maybe you know settle some of those butterflies or or maybe you know get me thinking about something different? It's it's funny you ask this question because yesterday was was literally two years since we jumped on the plane. Oh, wow. Um, so just before we were boarding, and, you know, I don't know whether you remember or not, but I just broke my heel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in, in crutches and everything. But looking back at it, all I can say, and you probably know this, is that it is going to be so fun. There, there are going to be some things that you got to work out, and there are going to be some things that, that don't kind of go the way that you wanted them to. But since I've been back here in Australia, there are things that I've got to work out and there are things that don't go the way (laughs) that I want them to, except now you're going to be doing it in a brand new place. And I think that's the excitement. And since Ingrid and I have been back, we have this longing for kind of change and to kind of do different things. And that's the thing about travel. It's, it's, it's experiencing new different things. And so when things don't go right, you're like, it doesn't matter. I'm going snowboarding tomorrow. Um, mm. or it doesn't matter where just met these beautiful new people. Um, mm. And I think that's the great thing. So my thing would be like, no matter what happens, the the good outweighs those little niggly things, you know, tenfold. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But Benny, thank you so much, mate. I'm so glad to chat to you again and i can't wait to see this adventure unfold and for everybody listening thank you so much um and until next time have fun and live immediately
That was another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thanks so much for listening. The original Live Immediately theme music is by the multi-talented Timothy McPhee. You can check out his music at firekites.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed the show, had some fun, and maybe even learned something, then make sure you subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, why not leave a rating and a review? You know it's going to make my day. Thanks for stopping by and giving me some of your time today. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, have fun and live immediately.